Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning. Surprise. It's me. Just uh, for those that aren't aware, Pastor Tim is unwell. Um, he's at home with a house full of germs, which is gross. But um, God's still on the throne, yeah? We're, we're here. We're going to um, press on anyway. Hey, um, if I've met you before, my name's Anthony, and I'm one of the other ministers here at York Street. Um, and it's my pleasure to be bringing the word today, um, albeit at short notice. But it's going to be good. Hey, um, give or take a week or so, we're about halfway through the year. Yeah, most of the kids are back at school now, I think. Um, ours are. Um, and we're, we're into the second half of the year. Anyone with a caravan has escaped Ballarat and is anywhere but here. And I'm seeing people on Facebook that have even escaped to Europe for the summer. What's that about? Lucky. But that's okay, we'll just huddle together and keep warm in front of our heaters and under our blankets. Before I started working at York Street, halfway through the year meant one thing. Anyone that's worked in retail or, or any kind of business might, might understand that it's stock take time. Yeah? Perhaps you've been on the receiving end of a stock take sale, which is all good, but there's some people behind the scenes that will be frantically counting everything in the shop. People in retail will be counting maybe the, the, you know, every type and every size and every colour of clothing. Maybe in the hardware store, they're counting every nut and bolt and screw. I'm thankful those days are over. If you've been experiencing that over the past few weeks, I'm praying for you. Got you back. But see, a stock take is an opportunity for the business to see where they're at, how they're, how they're tracking, what, how much stuff they've got, and what it looks like. And, and it's a point of measurement to, to allow them to see whether they're doing good or bad, or maybe somewhere in between. And so today's message is kind of along those same lines. Every February, we have Vision Sunday, where we where we, um, as a church, we commit to the vision for, for the year to come. And so this week, we're looking at Vision Revisited, an opportunity to take stock, to see how we're travelling, and that we're travelling in the right direction. At York Street, some of our value statements are, God loves every member of his family, and so do we. There are no bounds to our willingness to share the gospel. We strive to be a large church that values families and reaches communities beyond our own. How are we doing? How's our reach? Are we reaching out? At York Street here as a community, but how about as individuals? Are we people who show love to every member of God's family? What bounds are we willing to go to to share the gospel? See, regardless of how we're doing today, we, we know that we can probably always be doing better for tomorrow and the day after. Well, I believe God's word has some wisdom for us to, to help us with that today. Let's pray before we get stuck into the scriptures. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to gather in your name. We pray today that you will use your word to show us your desires for your church. We ask that you would reveal to us the ways in which you would have us complete your mission. May we be the church that, that is shining light to Jesus 
And may we work at removing all of those barriers that, that maybe we place in the way. Be with us this morning in your name. Amen. So how do we go about loving every member of God's family? How do we, how do we live out having no bounds to, to our willingness to share the gospel message? And how do we reach out to not only our own community, but those beyond our community? I know that it's kind of hard to love everyone. It takes intention and effort, sometimes bravery and risk-taking. You can probably think of people in your life that they're easy to love. You can probably think of other people that it's a bit more challenging sometimes. But even those people, God loves them, and so should we. So to set the scene for today's message from the Scriptures, Jesus has been crucified in John 19, and then the tomb is empty, and we, we, we see that he's, he's, he's missing from the tomb, and he's resurrected in chapter 20 of John's Gospel. And so the resurrected Jesus is beginning to reach out to his disciples and reveal himself in, in different ways. Some, we see, are overjoyed by that. Some, some know exactly what's going on, and they believe. Others, they start to doubt it, and they're a bit confused by the whole thing. So we pick it up in, in John 21, where it says, Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. These disciples, in a matter of days after Jesus' crucifixion, went back to their old jobs, their old lives, their old way of doing things. After all they'd seen, after all they'd experienced with Jesus himself, they learnt from the Messiah himself, they go back to what they were comfortable with, fishing. And this, this fishing expedition reveals their uncertainty of what to do next. They've kind of lost their way, they've lost heart, they've lost, maybe they're tired and weary, maybe they're feeling a bit hungry and hopeless. Jesus warned them before his death that he wouldn't be there forever, that a day would come that, that they would have to fend for themselves and they would have to take over his mission. Yet they, they were confused and they retreated back to what they knew, fishing. So I wonder what those things in our lives are that we run back to, those familiar habits, those, the, the safety and the comfort of those things we hold on to. What's the thing in your life that might be holding you back? from undertaking God's mission. Even when you know what God wants for you, what, what's that safe thing that you cling on to and, and stops you stepping forward into the plans and purposes God has for you to live out? Perhaps it's an actual habit or an addiction. Perhaps it's negative thoughts. Perhaps it's fear and anxiety. Or perhaps it's just this inability to, to step forward and take a risk. And fully trust that God has you back in that. So what do you run back to? In verse 4 it says, Early in the morning Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. As Jesus appeared to his disciples, both in this encounter with the seven and, and, and the ones before, it was unexpected. They were surprised, and that, that, at first they didn't recognise him. 
but Jesus knew exactly where to find them. We don't really know why they didn't recognise him. Perhaps maybe they were distracted by what they were doing, by their circumstance. Perhaps he was a distance away, but he calls out to them. Do you recognise when Jesus calls out to you? Because he is. He's calling each and every one of us. He knows where to find us, and he comes and he calls us. Calls us to live our lives according to his plans and purposes. Calls us to follow him. But see, we need to be listening, yeah? Not being distracted by the circumstances we're in. Not, not being distracted by the fishing. Not being too busy doing all the wrong things in the wrong places. Yet actively seeking him. Actively listening for him. Through his word. Through prayer. So what's Jesus calling out to you? Verse 6. Jesus says to his disciples, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. So when we hear Jesus calling us, how do we respond? Is it fight or is it flight? Do we retreat and go back to those old habits because it's safe and comfortable? Or or do we fight? Do we press on towards the goal? Do we listen and respond to the call of God? Perhaps he's calling us to jump into the sea. I hope not. It's pretty, pretty cold at the moment. Perhaps it's to follow his leading. Perhaps it's to care for his people. Could be anything. But how will you respond to his voice? It is the Lord. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the full net of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 metres. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. How specific. It's like they did stock take. But even with... So many in the net, it wasn't torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Now this was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Sometimes Jesus just wants to have breakfast with us which is cool because I love breakfast, like a full cooked breakfast with all the, all the stuff. I wonder if Jesus is like a soy latte and smashed avo kind of guy. I don't know. Anyway, um, Jesus values us and he wants to spend time with us. Just like he did the disciples. What an example. Just breakfast. How can we do the same? How can we show God's love to people? How can we show his value to them and his purposes for them through the interactions we have, perhaps over breakfast or lunch or coffee or just a conversation? How can we show we value his people? Do we see each person that walks through the door into our lives? Do we see each person the way God sees them? That new person, the old person, 
the sad person, the homeless person, the friendly person and the rude person, the messy person, the divorced person, the person that has lots of money and the person that has none. How do you see them? Do you see them with the love of God? Do we see them as, as God's precious creation, his, his beloved children? Do we see them worthy of his love? And so then, what are we going to do about it? Not for our own benefit, but, but for the benefit of that person, so that they might know Jesus, that they might be able to see a glimpse of him. That each and every person might have an opportunity to see the living and loving God and have access to the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 25, 31 puts it like this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did, when did we see you hungry and feed you all, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we, we see you ill or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So to recap, what do you run back to? What are those habits in your life that are holding you back from stepping into God's mission? Can you hear the call of Jesus? Are you listening? Are you paying attention? And how will you respond? What are you going to do? What action are you going to take? And how can you show that you value his people? Is your response self-centred or is it people-centred? Do you see people and how do you see them? Do you see them how God sees them? I want to show you this hourglass. See, at the bottom, we've got all our past. We can't do anything about that. We can't get it to go back up into the top. In the top, we've got the things of the future to come. The only thing we can control is the centre part because life's a bit more like this. We can't always see how many grains of sand we've got left. So it's all the more crucial to take action now. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a church where everyone has a place. Everyone belongs. Everyone serves. Everyone receives. Where we're united around Jesus Christ, his teaching, his sacrifice, and the hope that a relationship with him holds. I want to be a part of a church that welcomes the lost with open and loving arms, that puts God first, right alongside his people. A church who, with their tone and their attitude, show the love of Christ to those around them in every sphere of life. 
I want to be a part of a church that's not stuck. Not stuck in the, the present. Not stuck in the past. But actively moving forward in his spirit and his strength. Growing in the direction he calls us to. A church that embraces family and that pours itself into the next generation and the one after that. A church with the specific purpose to lead people to Jesus and disciple them so that they're empowered to do the same thing. We strive to be a large church that values families and reaches communities beyond our own. Remember, God loves every member of his family, and so do we. It's our joy to contribute, and we want to be able to teach people to live, love, and lead just like Jesus did. So we can't go backwards. We can't retreat. Because God's calling us forwards, each individually in our own personal faith journey, but as a church community. But we need to be listening, and we need to be ready to respond. It could be as simple as having breakfast. What do you have? The disciples had fish. What's God given you? Guaranteed you can use it to bless the least of these, just like the scripture says. Not for your own benefit, but for the glory of God and to extend his kingdom here on earth. So how do we do that? As we consider those value statements that we had a look at before, every member of his family. There's no bounds to our willingness to share the gospel. And we want to reach communities, not just here at York Street, but everywhere. So imagine this. Imagine in every sphere of your life, you were considering the plus one. When we mow the lawn, consider the the plus one we might be able to help. When we serve on a K team or a worship team, whatever team we might be on here at church, who could our plus one be that we could get alongside of, that we could invest in? When we're at work or school, who's the plus one that we could support and build up? And point to Jesus. When we go to breakfast, invite the plus one. When we pray, be praying for that plus one. When we read our Bible, consider the plus one that may not have heard the gospel message yet. But don't retreat. Respond to the call of God. Be bold and respond. Even when it's hard, even when it's awkward. When we come to church... Who's our plus one? Who can we invite? Imagine if we all took up this challenge this week. Next week, I don't think we'd all fit in here. What a great problem to have. Because all it comes down to is each and every plus one. That's all that matters. How we treat one another, how we care for one another, and how we point one another to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you desire to be in a relationship with each and every one of us. Just how we are, you know exactly where to find us. Thank you that you never stop calling us, and we pray that that we might be able to listen and respond. We pray right now that you would continue doing what you're doing in this place. We, we, that you would encourage us to, and equip us, 
each one of us to keep pressing on towards the goal, your goal, Lord Jesus. May we be able to see the people around us in the way that you see them. When our, when our earthly biases and prejudices get in the way, may we, we have a revelation of the way you see each of us. May, you, you, uh, may we see each and every person as your precious creation, your beloved son, your beloved daughter. This week and always, may we consider the plus ones in our lives. May we invite people into our lives, into our time, into our attention, into our hearts. With the ultimate desire for each and every person to find you, Lord God. Find you and know you and respond to you. May we be a community that sees the ones. Because the ones are members of your family. And may each and every barrier be broken down in Jesus' name that gets in the way of them knowing you. May we as a church not only have impact in our own community, but in your community, Father God, the the, the global church. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.